हेलो हेलो वेलकम एवरीवन टू एपिसोड या आई हैव लॉस्ट ट्रैक इट्स बीन अ व्हाइल सिंस वी डिड सेवन नो आई थिंक यू सेड सेवन द लास्ट टू टाइम्स सीरियसली या सो देन एट प्रोबेब्ली लेट्स गो विद एट ऑल राइट आई लाइक द नंबर एट Also, let me know if I get too loud. Uh, I'm trying to maintain a soft, sexy version of myself tonight because uh, there are people having fun in my backyard, and I can totally hear them. So I'm pretty sure they can hear me too, and I don't want that because <laughs> I don't want like poop poop packets outside my apartment door for wrong thing, right? Um, is Orange Man joining us? Yes, we have a guest tonight, and it is Orange Man. You made the big reveal. He will be joining us any minute now. But meanwhile, I wanted to ask you, how are you doing, and what's up? I'm well. I am anxious about the topic of discussion today, which you might want to let people know about. Sure. Um, before we get into the topic of today, can I do like a mini rant? Sure. I mean, at least until Orange Man joins us, I is this going to be a numpy? Yes, unfortunately. Go for it. Uh, it's like you keep advising me not to get into these Twitter fights, and I do, and then I regret it, and then I text you exhausted, saying, "Why did I do this?" It's like I never learn my lesson. But anyway, this latest time, uh, latest round of controversy is because of this. open source software package called numpy which is super popular um and so they've been working on it for like more than a decade and finally they published the findings in a nature paper recently um and the paper had 26 authors where the authors are from all over the globe uh but it turns out that all 26 authors are male and so somebody some um undergrad female scientist or like undergrad junior trainee who wants to be a scientist tweeted out saying the p in numpy stands for patriarchy which is actually pretty funny um i giggled looking at that but soon people started piling up and accusing numpy of being misogynistic or like excluding did they, women did they assume all 26 genders yep they shorted and some people called them out and then they were called trolls and it got pretty nasty but yes they did assume all 26 genders oh but they forced numpy to reveal the genders so they were sort of principled uh, in that way as in uh, they assumed it but then they wanted confirmation from numpy because you know who knows so yeah i mean it turned out that all 26 were male which is surprising i mean how can there not be a single female it is quite surprising but on the other hand unless we have evidence that they are actively excluding women how can we assume that they are and mm-hmm. that's my stance like that's the stance that even you know the justice system takes right innocent until proven guilty but mm-hmm. unfortunately in the world of woke activism that is not the case it's always guilty until proven innocent and so they got accused of being misogynistic or women excluding women and and eventually they had to come out and numpy apparently in the last one or two years have been trying to expand their workforce to minorities and women and all that and they have succeeded in workforce it's an open source co- program there is no yeah, work fine well that's the that's another part yeah so workforce as God. in voluntary contributors 
Yeah, exactly. That's the other ridiculous part is like people in Algeria, people in India are contributing to NumPy. Okay, so it's like all over the globe. That itself shows that it has insane reach, right? And that itself is proof that anybody who wants to contribute can contribute. Mm-hmm. And so it's just very irritating to watch these shallow ass takes. It's so easy to just name call and you know accuse someone. There because Orange Man has joined and he's been patiently listening for the last two minutes. Oh man, I got so lost in my rant that I was like looking away in space. I didn't even realize he joined us. Hey, hey, Orange Man, welcome to our podcast again. Hey guys, great to be back. Yeah, Thanks. sorry, man. I was just rambling to Gretel about my about the recent NumPy controversy, which I already ranted to you about. Yeah, so, no, no, no. yeah, no. Please continue. I mean, I was happy to listen. Yeah, please go. Yeah. No, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be quick to wrap. I'll, I'll wrap this up really quick. But anyway, basically, yeah, uh, the the NumPy group have actually been pretty patient. and they were like no we are trying to expand our diversity and the women who contributed to numpy came out in defense of them saying that no it's a really great uh, group of people and we feel really included and we feel really motivated we get mentored it's a great environment and those people start getting gaslit okay so all these other women activists were gaslighting them saying how can you speak for all the women uh how can you assure us that the women who contribute to numpy are safe from harassment so it just what spiraled out of control God. it spiraled out of control and then i started saying like i just simply started tweeting that can you show any evidence that they excluded women or that there there is bias in this organization and if so what is it if it, let's find the root cause so we can solve it and all these women activists got so vicious towards me they started abusing me left and right they started blocking me left and right they started calling me out to their twitter followers it just got so toxic and of course i got exhausted and i i muted everything in the end so it was all a waste but it's just like this space there is no there is no reasonable discussion in this space this is why china is winning yeah i mean yeah the country that we think is doing the best like one of the best in the world if this is what their peak intellectual arguments come down to peak intellectualism is this what it boils it boils to then yeah i can i can totally see what you mean <laughs> But anyway, that's just right. my rant so on this topic. Let's get on to the topic of this yes. episode at hand. So today we're going to be talking about trans issues, which, according to Douglas Murray, is apparently what was the what was in vogue in the final stages of the Roman Empire while they were collapsing. There was a lot of chatter about hermaphrodites and stuff. So yeah, we're going to signal the end times. um so yeah in today's episode i think i'll be playing the social justice warrior because i think i'm pretty liberal on this issue and uh-huh. i yeah so we'll see how it goes but that's a valid introduction so yeah how do you want to go forward with this conversation why don't you start with like your thesis of the whole thing and then we'll just do a round robin So I have like yeah sure that sounds good is that okay with you orange man oh yeah start with yeah okay so yeah so my views on this topic is on two fronts one is on the science front okay i need to reduce my volume but anyway um 
one is on the science front and the other is on you know uh, trans rights as a social issue so on the science front actually this topic is super fascinating to me because it's not well explored and there's a lot of taboo on the research from both sides so it's it's quite interesting um, how the trans people push the science towards their side or against their side but the problem is that there is no clear insight on this and i thought about this for example when you want to so trans transgenderism is is like people feeling that they do not belong or the sex that they were born with is not what they should identify as and they actually belong to the other sex and it's a condition called gender dysphoria which is supposed to be a neurological slash psychological uh, disorder and there's no taboo in saying the word disorder like i don't see it as a disease or anything like that like there are so many um, issues that yeah you sound with. you sound woke enough you can proceed <laughs> <laughs> yeah so fair enough so yeah so for other diseases okay not diseases disorders um such as depression or anxiety or stress or ptsd alzheimers huntington's a lot of these diseases there are really nice rodent models where you can study this in mouse and you can perturb single genetic events to look at phenotypes and map it back to the genotype so that is what is uh, powerful with using mouse models but when it comes to gender dysphoria it's impossible to do that because how do you even find out if a mouse is trans or not so i know this is on the scientific front i'm going off a tangent but that's what makes the research in this field pretty difficult is you have to only use human subjects and when it comes to humans there are a lot of biases so there are studies showing both sides of the argument so on one hand there are studies showing that trans women who are actually born male but they have transitioned to becoming women it showed that once they get on hormones and stuff their brain scans look similar to actual cis women and so that they use that data to say that see we are more like cis women than like males which is a fair point but the confounding factor is that they have been injected with these hormones and we know that estrogen hormone affects various signaling pathways in the body and so it's a confounding factor so i feel like the research needs to be um i mean we need more research on this topic it's very fascinating it doesn't invalidate their existence so that's my opinion on the science front is that uh, that's what it is but on the social issue front i'm actually pretty chill with them i feel like they have a legitimate psychological issue and if transition helps them ameliorate that and live a happy and fulfilling life more power to them so i'm completely in support of that so that sums up my view on this topic yeah Orange man, do you want to go next? Ah, uh, sure. Yeah. So I think uh, that was a very succinct summary given by uh, Hans. <laughs> Sorry, I just. <laughs> Thank God you didn't say my name. I know you were tempted to. I know you were tempted to. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not going to be like last time. But okay. Um. So I think you know. Yeah, you made a good point about uh, the science behind the phenomenon, right? So what actually causes them to feel the way they do? and uh, as you said that is certainly something very fascinating um and it's probably as you said difficult to study using mouse models or just you know some model algorithms where you can you know do a lot more uh, like you can experiment without running into like thorny ethical issues or something mm-hmm. um and yeah it's a shame we can't do that um but i think you know uh, people are like what is really controversial like what is really driving the controversy surrounding the issue is not you know not 
like uh, neurological or biochemical questions as to why they feel the way they do. Um, it's more about whether they are entitled to claim the things that they, do, they often do about their identity. Um, and I think whatever we find out about the science will unfortunately not play a huge role with regard to answering that question. Okay, I mean... Uh, oh, I disagree because the conservatives, they think that this is like a mental disorder as in you need to go to therapy and, you know, change your mind that you're trans and like live cis. It's like, it's like, it's like you have a mental disorder where you just need to go to a therapist who will convince you that you're actually cis and you'll, you'll be happier as you're a cis person. And so I feel like if you understand the biological events driving it, such as how you're you were when you were inside your mom's womb or like genetic events driving this, I feel like that will give them more legitimacy, at least in the view of the right wing who always try to invalidate their existence, in my opinion. Right, right. So let me let me give you, give you an example of what I was getting at. Um, sure. you know, so we look at uh, homosexuality. Things. And now, uh, as far as I understand it, uh, we still don't know the exact mechanism that causes. By the way, there's some noise in the background. I don't know what that is. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, then I heard that. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Okay, so we don't know what causes homosexuality, and let's you know let's restrict ourselves to like male homosexuality for the moment. Okay, because mm. you know female sexuality is typically a lot more fluid and all that. Like, yeah. So like we don't. <laughs> They're awesome. <laughs> 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 you know, just uh, I'm just interested in the science here. Okay, you and, guys could get cancelled left and right. Like it's barely been ten minutes, and we're already cancelled ten times over. But yeah, go ahead. So, so you know, we still don't know what causes gay men to be gay. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that hasn't really affected the discussion around gay rights. Okay. So mm-hmm. let's say we found out that uh, it's actually not something you're born with. All right. And let's say we find out that it's something to do with certain environments, you know, um, but the fact remains that people typically, you know, they, they somehow they become gay and it's not something you can easily change. And, uh, you know, and it's not harming anybody. And that's really the key point. Right. I mean, people mm. by and large are now sympathetic to gay rights because they've come to realize that it doesn't really harm anybody, you know, if if two men want to get it on, it's not harming uh, too many other people. And I think that's really the key factor that has helped the gay rights movement get to where it is. And not so much, you know, I mean, I know there's like this Lady Gaga song that says, I was born this way. Born this way. Mm -hmm. I love that song. It's it's a great song. But, uh, you know, uh, you see what I'm getting at. Like, I'm not sure that has been key to the arguments regarding gay rights. You know, whether gay people... Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I take that. Okay, yeah. I would would argue that has been key to the argument around gay rights. The whole born this way argument has been key to it. I mean, again, I'm going to... So I think it's both the libertarian view of live and let live as well as the born this way. It's the I think the born this way is the overriding factor there. Like people are, people just, that's biological predisposition that they can do nothing about. It's not, so see, so yeah. So that sort of helps, right? So biologically understanding what drives it and legitimizing it as the real issue. Which also, I think, will be the case with 
trans people oh, we can get to that uh, orange man please continue continue sorry yeah well, okay so uh, i could say that it doesn't hurt right it certainly doesn't hurt to say that uh, you know you were born a certain way and you know if people want to stop you from being who you are then it's like you know it's clearly like you know uh, being born a certain way is no fault of yours and so it certainly doesn't hurt to be able to claim that but uh, i'm not so sure that it is uh completely necessary you know i mean even so for instance it's possible that pedophiles were born the way they were but um the reason why we have to stop them from uh you know sexually abusing children is that yeah we just you know it, the 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 effects of what they the consequences of what they're doing are yeah. just too horrific and there whether they were born a certain way or not really doesn't carry much relevance um so yeah but I that's guess. because their actions are harming another person whereas a trans person can't be equated to that situation right unless their actions are harming a second person exactly yeah. yes. men entering women's fights kind of is harmful yeah so yeah. so that's, that's yeah. the key you know that i think that's what we're going to have to uh, that's one of that's going to be one of the topics we'll discuss of course we'll discuss the science as well i think uh, hansel has done a lot of reading on this certainly more than i have but um, yeah i mean we don't have to discuss it it's just something that's understudied which fascinates me it's not the most important issue it's like the social aspects have more implications in the real world so yeah we can steer the conversation however it flows it's all good right right so yeah um what were you saying orange man uh no i think i i just wanted to make that point uh early mm-hmm. on so i was just you know while while talking about my general view on uh, transgenderism and gender identity in general because i think you know now we are seeing a whole bunch of new entities like non binary crop up mm-hmm. you know which i think is worth distinguishing from transgenderism totally totally and and yeah so i have not only done some reading on the biology aspect of it but i've also like gone deep into reddit subreddits of these like before in in fighting sorry yeah yeah before you go What there let me share my hot takes oh yeah sorry sure yeah um okay thank you both for your very very nuanced uh, comments i personally think the trans issue is altering the fabric of reality and it scares the hell out of me hmm. have, yeah this is a safe space you can say what I you have, feel like i have done no reading on the matter and i have a lot of sympathy for people who feel that they are in a different gender and i completely support anyone and everyone that wants to transition and i feel like if they if that helps they absolutely should have the right to do so however this whole idea of everybody naming their with citing their pronouns and non binary and this is just it's absolute nonsense it's absolute nonsense i mean you cannot change societal norms to cater to like 0.1% of the population unless it's a pandemic and people 0.1% of the population get infected that's a different issue but yeah <laughs> 2020 man what 2020. a shit for a year yeah. so i for me 
I am happy to see it as a scientific. I, I can. I am happy to see it as a biological uh, thing where certain people feel, for whatever reason, feel like they're born in the different, in the incorrect gender and want to change that. That's sex, perfectly. Sex. That's perfectly. Sorry, different. Ugh, I can never keep up. So even yeah, that, I can't actually. Maybe I, even I'm wrong. I don't know. So that that is fine, and that is understandable, and I am empathetic to that. But the whole politics around it, the whole trans women are women. No, they are not. No, they are not. What What would you say to trans women? Are trans women? Yeah, that's it. Trans women are trans women. You do but not have to. But women itself is a gender, right? Women is a gender, right? It's not. I mean, I understand where your talk about, comes from. Let's Let's be very honest. When we talk about women, we mean women in the biological sexual sense. But no that's one is the thing that they're trying to change because women refers to gender while female refers to sex. So if you said trans women are female, then I would say no, they're not, and I would get offended as a biologist. Here's the thing. Up until yesterday or day before yesterday, <laughs> on an evolutionary timeline, these things were <laughs> interchangeable. Absolutely, yeah, on like growing up, growing up, I always thought people said gender because sex was too offensive. I know, bro. We're boomers I, at heart. I know. I, it took until like whatever, twenty seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, when I figured, oh, they're different. <laughs> And let me assure you, out of seven billion people, if you take out the subset of Twitter users, everyone else still thinks that it's the same thing. I agree. I agree. All of these culture wars are mostly on social media. So, so I this agree whole also okay. Let me just continue. <laughs> A, I feel like trans rights impede on women's rights, and. Even though I don't, I haven't even read Harry Potter. I don't even like J.K. Rowling, but I'm thankful that she's standing up to. I'm thankful that she's being a turf. Okay. You are such a turf, dude. And secondly, I feel like in the long run, trans rights also hurts LGBT rights. There is no. Why the hell do you have to like append so many more alphabets to LGB? It started off as. Lesbian, gays, and bisexuals, and that's where it should have been. It's about sexuality. I don't know why you have to like add all sorts of other alphabets to that list. Uh, it, this reminds me of something I I read on. I think this was on a Quillette article a long time ago. Uh, oh, the <laughs> ones where they measure the skull sizes. That's what you're referring to, Mr. Orange Man. Shame on you. <laughs> yes, yes, you know, right, right. Yeah, I, I was reading one of those, and then this came up. Yes, but anyway, uh, um, so that I just like the the turn of phrase that was used there. Um, you know, I think the author had said that yes, the T in LGBT is radioactive in the sense that it keeps emitting out more letters, and I just thought there was a funny, uh, funny <laughs> choice. <laughs> um, and as a last. That kind of a, uh, appealed to me, but um, yeah. And it is a radioactive issue as well, so it's quite an apt comparison. And I like last, it. Last thing, mm. I want to go back to a world where we had 150 Pokemon and two genders. I'm, <laughs> I'm willing to concede second generation of Pokemon because that's what I played on Game Boy. So I'm willing to go up to 296. 
but that's it and i'm willing to concede that there are actual intersex people like that is a thing there are hermaphrodites so i'm willing to say that there are third gen three genders that's it that's that's where i draw the line all of the new fangled pokemon and genders that came after that are all make believe those are not canon <laughs> well said gretel well said sorry for interrupting you i was overperforming as a woke warrior on the stream i'll be quiet when everybody talks Okay, so, so cancel me. 2020, a lot of us are looking, you know, to go back to some previous times. Uh, but uh, yeah, each one of us has our own reasons, and I guess we just heard Greta's. So yes, <laughs> exactly. It's true. What do you so, think, Orange Man? About okay, so what do you talk about next? You brought up so many different guys, things to question, discuss. My question to you guys: Should trans women and let's just define trans women in the way we we are talking about it okay i don't even know if we're right trans woman for me <laughs> is a man who thinks he or she or they god fucking knows is a woman bruce jenner before he transitioned was a trans woman and that's the definition i'm going with So okay, let's actually go. That's a very good mental model. Let's just talk about this in terms of Bruce and Caitlyn Jenner. All right. Mm. Should Bruce Jenner enjoy the same rights as a woman, a biological woman? That's what this. That's what this boils down to. Like this is a policy issue. I don't think so. What do you mean by rights? In in the crudest sense. Should Bruce Jenner be allowed into a women's toilet? It's the crudest example I can cite. There is obviously a much more deeper argument and debate to be had, but let's just start with the lowest hanging fruit. Hmm. So you can go first, Orange Man, because I'm also, always interrupting. Also, Bruce Jenner lost his lowest hanging fruits. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, by the way, I'm not sure if that actually happened. Um, you know, oh, I, the bottom surgery, you mean? Yeah, the surgery. But anyway, I mean, I you know, that, that's not getting distracted. So, um, yeah, that's a good question, right? So, you know, there are a few issues that come up with regard to transgender women, as in, as you said, you know, biological males who want to identify as females. Okay. So, um, should they do they belong in women's spaces? But yeah, I hear that noise again. It's yeah, sorry, is this distracting? Okay. Sorry. Um, Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, okay, so do they belong in women's spaces? So I think there are three spaces that come up a lot. Okay, so one is restrooms, uh, as you pointed out. Uh, another is women's sports, where I think yeah, to different degrees in different sports, you know, trans women have been allowed to compete, and they're certainly which, doing well. Which is madness. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I was just summarizing it. Uh, and the third, I think, is women's prisons. Um, and you know, I am of the view that trans women, you know, they can enter women's restrooms as long as they pass sufficiently clearly as women. You know, you you, you kind of get the picture of what I'm saying. You know, and and the main reason is that. If you a know, man wears a, if a man wears a skirt, he should be allowed into the women's bathroom. Is what you're saying? Yeah, well, not just that. I mean, see, it, it's also about 
it's also about the fact that we don't we typically don't police restrooms to to that extent okay i mean we um i would say we do i mean not police but i'd say we very particular about restrooms yeah yeah no we are particular about restrooms right so we don't say that anyone can enter wherever unless it's mm-hmm. like you know, just a single person stall or something but but also the nature of it i mean like think about what it would mean in reality to stop trans women from entering uh, women's restrooms right so i mean it would really take someone to kind of intervene and stop them from doing it and sure you know if there is something that seems like clearly wrong about it in the sense you know the person is obviously just some opportunistic man looking to enter the women's uh, room then yes you know that uh, that does require intervention if we believe at all in the previous model that we had uh, of of uh, segregated restrooms but if you know i mean in reality i think it would be also trouble than i have a, i have a logistical question if i were a trans woman i would still go to the men's bathroom because it's just isn't it just easier to do it standing up rather than unnecessarily having to squat uh i'm i'm not sure i mean that yes like <laughs> you can stand up and pee into your commode also isn't that what you do in your apartment yeah sure so yeah yeah so i mean it, it's um, yeah see i i don't know about the convenience of it but you know clearly they they <laughs> feel that they need to be you know they need to validate their gender identity right and mm-hmm. that i see as something uh, you know it's just a small grace that we allow them and i don't see that being a huge issue i mean you know you could say well uh, they might take advantage of it and you know uh, engage in some predatory behavior but honestly i think the the odds of that are pretty low sure um then there's women's sports where it's a completely different question that we're dealing with uh you know is it fair for them to compete against cisgender biological women um and i think the answer to there is no for obvious reasons you know they have built in advantages mm-hmm. you know it would be too difficult to stop people from you know claiming to be women and then you know uh, just uh, destroying all the records i mean i i think that just defeats the point of women's sports if you're going to allow that just uh, to just to cite an example yeah. the us women's world cup winning team lost to the dallas under 15 boys team like they lost to a city based age group team mm-hmm. these guys are incredible i mean they're obviously the best in the world but there is a clear biological advantage that men enjoy in physical sports yeah and it's not at all controversial it's been shown by science over and over again precisely i mean and even post transition i do not believe that trans women or women as they are now should be allowed because there you don't transition doesn't entirely get rid of your you can lose your genitalia but not your testosterone that's still there it's like how post drug you uh, post performance enhancing drug use you have a certain lengthy ban and even after the ban you perform well because those drugs are still latently in your system testosterone doesn't go away either right so you basically you build some muscle mass 
know, exactly. It doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. And bone structure as well, which doesn't change because of hormones, I guess. Or at least, like a male bone structure cannot turn into a female bone structure, and yeah, the muscle mass as well. Right. Yeah. So, and yeah, and you know, it doesn't even have to be that they'd win every time, right? I mean, you know, if I entered a top women's competition, there's no way in hell that I would win. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I belong there, right? So. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of weird because you know transgender people are presumably a small enough pool that yeah I can believe that they wouldn't dominate everything, but uh, I still think the point of women's sports is lost if you allow biologically uh, male to compete. That, that that's the whole argument that a lot of old school feminists are making. They have women, biological women have. spent decades if not centuries and millennia getting to where they are where they are and you can't suddenly change the rules and say oh men are women that's that's not how it works that's that is genuinely erasing women's rights mm, i see you are like properly into the turf spectrum sure conversation sure mm. call call me a turf <laughs> Oh, I don't see it as a slur. It's just a short. No, no. I, I, I mean, I am happy to own the label. Is what I'm saying. Cool, cool. Yeah. Hmm. I don't fret over being called a turf. I don't know. I suppose hmm. you could call me a compassionate turf. <laughs> the thing is, I am a. I am a. The only thing I have a very hard stance on is that policy cannot be based on belief. It has to be based on fact and science. it has to be based on something concrete sex or genitals is concrete your identity is not and therefore rules cannot be based around your identity especially if it's going to be fluid it has to be based on something that is more stable and i am happy to concede uh outside of obviously the whole physical sport and thing that transitioned women are women they've obviously gone through the whole surgical process so yes they are women but pre transition no sorry you have to conform i mean you don't have to con- you don't have to socially conform to gender norms i am happy to call uh, i am happy to call someone with male genitalia by female pronouns if that's what they want if that's what she wants but no you cannot like you cannot change actual rules and policy around identity that that's where i that's where that's the that's a line in the sand for me hmm what about prisons mr orange man uh prisons um prisons i think um the yeah it's a, it's a tricky one for sure because while i think you know transgender women like yeah trans women shouldn't be in women's prisons uh i think there's also a case for saying they shouldn't be in men's prisons because yeah they, they are going to get harassed and raped and what not like absolutely yeah so you know and and this is the sort of thing where like a more nuanced discussion of the issue will help because for genuinely trans people you probably want to put them in a in a separate prison you know i mean something to house such people like people who are at high risk uh, of either offending or 
being victimized in either of the main sex prisons. And um, then there's, yeah, I, I think uh, we all we should also, you know, check whether someone is like claiming, just claiming to be transgender so that they could uh, get into the, a women's prison. And if the, yeah. the logical extreme that people cite of transgenderism is a male rape convict suddenly proclaiming himself to be female and demanding to be moved to a women's prison. That's one extreme that is often cited. Obviously, it's complete make-believe, but yeah. That, that it's oh no, it's not make-believe. There have been cases of this, but it's very, very rare, I think. It's like, I think one or two has happened in Canada and UK. So, okay, so what is this background? No, that's, background me, that's, me. That's, that's me, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so what was I saying yeah so that has happened I think pretty rare but it has happened which is why there is a lot of hysteria around this topic so I won't say it's not well deserved right Um, you know and then there's also a different quality to something like male on female rape versus I don't know I mean uh, like you know I mean that's I think cis men on trans women rape or whatever yeah something like that yeah it's uh, it's very. Uh, it, I, I mean, it's we're talking common. about prisons where cis het rape and cis het rape is quite common. So exactly, that's why that particular topic is not. Yeah, I don't know. It's very confusing. But uh, if you guys are done as the only person on this call with XX chromosomes, can I voice my opinion? Oh sure, go sure. for it. Yeah. yeah. So on the topic of restrooms, actually, like I see both your points and. I also like battled with it, but I realized that in India, like growing up, I was always comfortable going to unisex bathrooms. Like if you go to a restaurant or if you go, I mean, not like a five-star restaurant, but like a regular restaurant, it's always a unisex bathroom, right? You just wait outside until the other person finishes their business and you go and do your thing. And it's normal. And I mean, it's not the case in the US, which I totally get. But even in the US, it's like, just today, there was a guy who was like switching out the trash bags in our restroom and he was inside the restroom because it was empty. Once I entered, he realized that, oh shit, somebody wants to use the restroom and he left. Okay, immediately. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. When you say unisex restrooms, do you mean one singular commode that both men and women can use? Yeah. Okay, that's not what the argument is about. The argument is about having four or five commodes and... Them being know, inside one big room and yeah. I know, but that's the point. Right? I'm I'm talking from as a female, like I was getting to that. Like the American okay, restaurant is like four or five cubicles or whatever, where you can do your business and then there's a common area where you wash your hands. And I personally don't see any issues because once you lock the door, you're insulated from the people. And in general, I'm very uncomfortable being in such a restroom because I don't like the fact that there are other people in the nearby area. So that's like a personal pet peeve I have. Even whether the other person in the next cubicle is a woman or a man, I'm equally uncomfortable. So, But but the point is I have my privacy. So I don't feel unsafe. And the only public place is where, where we are washing hands, which is like as normal as washing your hands in a regular sink. So it doesn't make a difference. But when it comes to locker rooms, my views completely change. Because I have been inside women's locker rooms in US and the women are totally naked. They don't give a shit. I have seen like complete buck naked women. They shower and they come out naked. And there I can totally see like women feeling unsafe if there are trans women in that space. 
who have male genitals or who haven't had bottom surgery so i totally get that but in the bathroom i personally like like mr orange orange man said i don't mind giving them that option of using it if it helps them and and again all of this is based on the common assumption that we are talking about the trans people who have gender dysphoria like they have a debilitating condition where they constantly battle this feeling of you know not belonging in their own born sex and so i am okay with giving them this if it makes them feel like they are the other sex like i'm okay with it i don't find it a safety issue but it's debatable i guess and when it comes to sports i'm totally with you guys uh i mean as someone who works on biology it would be stupid if i denied this reality uh and with prisons it's a bit iffy because like you guys said i mean in all male prisons also rape happens in all women prisons i i don't know if rape happens but in general it's not a very safe environment so i don't have many opinions about it can this is completely off topic but can a woman rape a woman yeah with an object i guess oh sure Well, this is uh, yeah. I mean, sexual assault. I think if we talked about sexual assault without you know, getting too much into the fine details, but yes, yeah. like I said, like sure. I think yeah, penetrative assault. You know, the type that yeah, a lot of like say, there's something called digital assault as well, which is so funny. I mean, it's not funny; it's horrifying. But yeah. when I saw it on social media, I thought it was like cyber stalking, and then I realized it was using your finger to assault yeah. a woman. Oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, so um, disgusting. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, um, you know, there was something I was going to say, uh, regard, you know, I think we got a lot into the the specific uh <laughs> <issues> <laughs> like what yeah. spaces they are allowed to use. Um, but um yeah, I think I, I just want to make this point that in to me, I see transgenderism as A, ph- a legitimate phenomenon right like you said i mean so there are people who struggle with uh, gender dysphoria and they're not simply making it up or acting on a whim and i think that's worth emphasizing okay i mean it's not about you know whether they were born that way or like you know we yeah we still don't know what causes it um but uh, i think there is enough evidence for the fact that it's a legitimate uh you know physiological issues and neurological issue perhaps um and it's something that just like homosexuality has seems to have a long history right um you know even in times where in civilizations and times where uh, people who practiced those things were horribly persecuted um some people still went ahead and did it and that shows that there was some kind of deep innate drive for them to do it um and i think that's that's worth setting out there so that people have uh, a good understanding of the issue uh and, what... yeah and the fact that it's been there across cultures suggests that it is not just a figment of the western in you know liberal thinking or something like that like what the conservatives in the us think oh it's just progressive progressivism gone wild some of it might be but the specific topic like the specific population of trans people that you and i are talking to right talking about right now it's across cultures and i don't think those people are not i have people. a i have a question for you guys mm-hmm. so if if bruce jenner thinks he's in the wrong gender he has the means to transition but he chooses not to transition yep does that 
do we still want to then legislate that along the lines of a biological need or condition or should we say that's a lifestyle choice yeah that's a great question um that is where like all the craziness begins and i i just want to make a brief point that actually even within the trans community there are a lot of infights about this specific question that you asked there is like two types of trans people they are they hate each other one of them is called true scum or trans medicalists they believe that in order to be trans you need to have gender dysphoria and you need to take some steps in your life such as going to therapy getting diagnosed with gender dysphoria and going on hormones and transitioning or whatever to allevi- alleviate your gender dysphoria so those are the true scum people there's an other group of people who are the crazy what is, that what mean scum scum is a oh that's a, a slur exactly that's a slur so the other group is called too cute i don't know too cute because they think they are too cute and they have labeled the trans medicalists as true scum so there is a lot of like battles between these two groups because the too cute believe that you don't have to transition to be trans which kind of defeats the whole point of trans because i thought that's the definition a of trans and that For has nothing that... to do with trans in my opinion like that should be completely separated from trans those people need to develop their own definitions and move far away from these trans people because I mean, they are I like, like invalidating wear, the definition of trans I, people i i like to wear i mean and you know this yes people. unfortunately yes that doesn't make me that's a lifestyle choice i know no there is a huge community of people okay not huge but within the trans community there is um a loud group of people who believe that you don't need to have gender dysphoria to have trans there's something on the opposite spectrum of gender dysphoria which is called gender euphoria where even though they have no issues being born the way they are they feel that taking the hormones of the opposite sex gives them a sense of euphoria and so they oh, believe they are trans I'm, in it's kind I'm, of messed up it's like I'm drug un- addiction sorry i know I'm like un- i have spent Okay I'm sorry I'll stop no, no, but uh, so no hold on hold on gender euphorics do not think they're trans but never the, do not think they're in the wrong gender but nevertheless consume hormones of the different gender yeah of oh, a fuck yeah. sex and and there are and and so yeah so and that sounds like the thing, that sounds like something they need they should be regulations against that just seems oh god and and some of them don't even take hormones they just like identifying as the opposite sex and they want the world to recognize them like for example a woman uh, who feels that she's trans she does not have gender dysphoria but she wants everyone to call her as hercules instead of hermione whatever and so that's just her reality and that becomes the reality of everyone around so that's where i think your point about changing the whole definition of what it means to live in reality like these people this segment i agree is trying to alter reality and that is problematic to non trans people so that's where i get pretty agitated but i'll let orange man offer his thoughts this is like rachel dolezal <laughs> pretending to get up getting a perm and calling herself black yeah, yeah. no I, i just wanted to say you know 45 minutes have just flown by and i hope we can do an episode that's longer than your typical length um but um 
Yes, I okay. So you know that that's very interesting. You know, there, there's uh, as you said, like there's like um, uh, I think uh, a stark division within the trans community about uh, who exactly counts as a trans person and who has a valid claim to being a trans person. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm certainly more sympathetic to the the medicalists than the people who I guess just want to identify uh, without paying any any sort of you know price or you know any. Uh, Without, without actually showing that they're serious about it in any meaningful way. Um, actually, what I was going to get to, um, you know, when I was saying that uh, transgenderism has a long history, right? Um, now, one of the things that uh, J.K. Rowling, and I hope we'll talk a bit about J.K. Rowling. Yes, yes. We can go a little longer than an hour if, we, if, if the conversation is as juicy Absolutely. as it is right now. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so uh, it was very interesting to see that J.K. Rowling, you know, when she explained why she felt she had to speak out on the issue. Uh, so she made this very interesting claim. And, you know, I wish I had more data to back it up, but I certainly have seen another article stating something similar. So uh, she pointed out that a few decades ago in the UK, you know, perhaps like you go back to maybe the 1990s or the early 2000s, um, the the transgender phenomenon was mostly a phenomenon of uh, biological males wanting to identify as female, okay? And, you know, and getting surgery for that, for those reasons and all of that. Um, and it looks as though in recent years, you know, uh, in this decade, like the, the just completed 2010's decade, the trend, the, uh, the trend has reversed and there are actually more women who are identifying, you know, uh, so they're, they're claiming that they're uh, really, that they want to identify as male. So, right, so female to male, FTM, uh, transgender people. And mm -hmm. what is more concerning is that a lot of these girls are actually just that, they're girls. Like they are uh, teenagers, you know, maybe even preteens going through puberty with all the difficulties that it presents. And it appears as though uh, a lot of them are choosing to, uh, deal with those difficulties by identifying as male. And this should be extremely concerning to people, okay? I mean, this, that's why, you know, it's really worth not lumping all of transgenderism into the same basket and making these kinds of distinctions for which we really need, you know, more open debate on the issue and not, uh, you know, people getting fired for this and that. Um, so uh, J.K. Rowling pointed out that the number of girls um, identifying as um, male had increased by 6,600%. Okay? Insane. I know. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. No, I, mean, I, I want to be clear. Wait, wait. You know, Can you repeat why, that? Well, it is, it is a huge amount. I mean, you know, a 6,600% increase on a small number is also probably a small number. So, you know, let's not lose our minds on this. But still, it is extremely concerning, right? Like, um, it, is that uh, because of social acceptance or is that because of um, I think is more acceptable or is this because it's now a fad? No, I think I don't think it's a fad. I think it's more like they have difficulty uh, accepting their bodies, like what's what their bodies are going through during uh, puberty. And um, they, they this, this is one of the options that seems available to them. And uh, they are making, you know, uh, 
in a lot of cases, irreversible changes to their bodies while they are too young to understand the full implications. And yeah, this is. But how do you know it's not genuine gender dysphoria? Like it, it actually like even concerns me as well. But how do you delineate between the actual root causes driving this phenotype? Right. So there is. Um, so you know, she had pointed out that even uh, in in some cases there were entire groups of friends who were suddenly suddenly choosing to you know transition. Right, I identify as male and so on, and that is not something you would expect to observe if there was no uh, social, so or like peer group aspect. Um, I believe. Yeah, that's, that's the social contagion hypothesis. That's called the yeah. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. other one is the acceptance hypothesis. So. Yeah, but you know, I mean, the acceptance hypothesis, like you didn't find whole groups of kids suddenly deciding that they were gay, right? I mean, that that was not very common, as far as I understand it. Uh, whereas in something like this, um, I would be very concerned, and um, at least it's something that you know people should be aware of. It should be discussed. Yeah, and and just the fact that you know how I mean, even if they want to socially transition, as in changing their pronouns, changing their name, and dressing as the other sex, that's not a big deal. That I mean, that is a big deal, but it's not as bad as medical interventions. My point is, these kids like that leads to the topic of whether kids can transition as well, and like your point about who is really trans is like, what are the steps that a person who thinks they are trans goes through before they get on hormones? How rigorous is that? Like because. you know i have like i'm open about this i have like mental issues as in i have a lot of anxiety from grad school and so i used to see a therapist in grad school and i like i somehow never went on medications i just used to go to therapy but i know how it works like how rigorous they are in monitoring you and how you feel in every session and if it gets worse they may be ask you to see a psychiatrist to get on drugs or if it gets better then they reduce your sessions whatever so there's like a streamlined process for something as mild as like occasional anxiety and then when it comes to something as huge as gender dysphoria is there like a rigorous pipeline to evaluate these people and accurately diagnose them that is the concerning thing so in uk the study that you're citing where there's a 6000% increase it's clearly if that many people have successfully transition that means the pipeline of evaluating them like i don't even know if all of them are really trans who knows like they might end up detransitioning which is also a phenomena where they transition and then they realize that they were in trans and they detransition so what are the pipelines set up to accurately diagnose kids and how do you even know if a kid is trans a kid Hold doesn't on. have the maturity Hold. to know who they are right i need to stop you right there Why? Okay. Did I say some? No, no, no. Did I reveal any private information? Okay. No, no, no. You haven't said anything wrong. Um, I am once again going to lean on. I just read the Douglas Murray book, so which is why I'm citing him all the time. Um, so he said that a lot of children that are potentially diagnosed it's as trans could well just grow up and with maturity realize that they are just gay or lesbian. So yeah, I mean, there are studies supporting that hypothesis. Yeah, but, so, yeah. but I, 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 I'm very opposed to the idea of uh, anyone under the age of eighteen transitioning. It's hmm. 
it's just creepy to me i mean if you're not allowed to have sex at below 18 you shouldn't be allowed to change it either so if i can jump in a bit there right so i think that's um that's one uh, really tricky issue of this debate like um so of course i agree right so like people are making huge changes to their bodies and that uh, by default should not be uh, condoned when they are too young to understand the implications so, you know and for most for most issues we uh, set that age somewhere around 18 sometimes even 21 like drinking which is crazy but uh, yes um anyway so um yeah so but the, the issue with um, with the transgender you know the, the trans uh, applying that to trans to the transgender issue is um a lot of like genuinely gender dysphoric people genuinely transgender people as we might say uh they when they go through puberty uh feeling that uh, their body is changing in ways that they can't quite accept uh it makes the the, the problem a lot worse for them. right i mean it it that's yeah. that's i'm just saying that that's a genuine consideration here like yeah. for such people it is probably more difficult to go through puberty uh, than if they were allowed to transition and uh, yeah all i'm saying is that that has to be part of the equation and ideally we'd figure out you know who belongs in which category like you know who uh, would be better off not transitioning versus who would and and uh, yeah i mean in the that's why we need more research that's exactly. that's my final stance is like especially when it comes to kids and you're so right like we need to catch that in that window before puberty because they experience a lot of trauma going through puberty along with gender dysphoria and i agree that you know transitioning kids seems freaky and you know icky and who knows whether they even know that whether they're trans or not but if there was a diagnostic test it would be amazing like in a utopian world you have a diagnostic test before puberty that every kid gets to go through just like how they get tested for diabetes or whatever and you know if it helps them decide that would be the best for society as a whole is what But i feel children should not be deciding or parents of children I'm should not be deciding i'm telling you there's a diagnostic that... test i'm telling you there's a diagnostic test that they are genuinely trying trans and they have gender dysphoria and it's not going to go away until they transition it's, i support transitioning them when they are young if there's a test like this is a utopian scenario no your uh, so the thing is your test assumes a 100% forecast accuracy which i don't yeah, think yeah that's why i said it's possible. utopian yeah. right now it's not doesn't exist right now it doesn't exist i, I don't think it can exist i don't mm, think it it can. depends and if it cannot exist i i okay here's the thing it might i don't think it can exist with a high level of accuracy because a lot of these factors are going to be what your psychologist believes it's not a purely biological driven thing in adulthood you could say it's purely biologically driven i'm willing to concede in children i am not i am not i i still think that there are environmental factors that could make them believe what they believe that is totally true like mr orange man made that exact point that the environmental factor social mm-hmm. peer groups it's mm-hmm. a contagion yeah, like yeah 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 i totally the agree with that 600000 6000 sorry <laughs> percent increase <laughs> that's how it seems though when you get on social media it's like it feels like it's 600000 
um but yeah like i totally agree with that uh, that hypothesis and it's probably both at play uh, but my only point is that i don't know how to explain it i just see it as a research problem that is not yet been solved and if it gets solved it will help those people suffer less and i'm all for that but until then i feel like we should i agree with you that with kids we shouldn't mess around but it should be on a case by case basis like you can't really generalize in general i agree with you like the wait and see approach seems like a better option in general for anybody under 18 so i agree with that but if there is a particular case where somebody's 13 or 14 and since they were 2 years old they felt this gender dysphoria and it's getting worse and worse every day it it really depends on the case by case basis it's kind of like depression or anxiety and i hope people are not offended offended by my comparison but it also depends on the extent right like anxiety i have mild anxiety so i know how to handle it and i'm able to function mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. somebody with really acute and intense anxiety where let's say it debilitates them so much that they would want to kill themselves or they can't move an inch they're paralyzed by it then they would have to take a medication to calm, calm that anxiety the same way so i see it as a health issue so when it gets that bad then i would support that kid is the anxiety if- i guess my question there would be how much of the anxiety is caused by environmental factors of say a lack of acceptance parental societal what have you that is and for the doctor to figure out like we can't figure that out it's the doctor it's the psychologist it's them and agree i agree it's politi- politicized there is a lot of dogma and lot of you know uh, i don't know left wing politics injected into this topic as a result we can't be sure that somebody seeing these patients are going to be unbiased but in an ideal world it's a medical condition according to me and it should be treated as one Yeah, I think I would say one thing, which is that, you know, for instance, uh, Hansel works on uh, cancer research, right? Now, uh, it would be a lot more difficult to do your research in a proper, unbiased manner if there were huge political questions uh, attached. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're very glad that those are not present when it comes to cancer. Yeah. And ideally, ideally, transgenderism would also be studied in the same way. But uh, that's not where we are. So... <laughs> that is not that is not and it's never going to be that way either yeah and it's too politicized to make any sense of it i mean the there was a lady uh, pi at brown university lisa litman i think she did like a survey of trans youth and to look for how many of them detransitioned and stuff and she published in a journal called plos one which is not like super famous in my field it has like an impact factor of 4 but it's still considered like a real journal it's not like one of those fake predatory journals but yeah she uh, plos one was forced to issue a retraction but they did not retract the paper but they issued like a commentary on it which i don't it doesn't change the findings of the paper it doesn't really change the science or the methodology they just did it to be politically correct and so like there was a lot of pressure on her and so she finally recently um, she and four other uh, doctors slash researchers who work on this topic have quit their jobs like she quit her tenure track position at brown university and they have formed like this uh, ngo type thingy or whatever you call that um, uh, what do you call it the it's like private ngo type thingies that are funded by donors and they get to do their own research um 
like manhattan institute or something like policy policy think tank institute think tank yeah that's the word i was looking for i was totally blanking yeah so they have a literal think tank because they actually work on the thinking part but yeah so they are going to work on this topic um, not influenced by say pressure from authority etc so they're free to research on this topic so that's the latest update from the science front on this topic so yeah it's very heated for sure uh there is another uh, you know another dimension to the issue that i think it's also worth briefly discussing um so mm-hmm. there is genuine controversy as to whether uh, getting transition you know undergoing a gender transition surgery right gender reassignment surgery whatever it's called uh actually has a long term benefit i mean it's not clear that it does uh, for example, mm. yeah i mean that's not you know that's, that's totally different from saying we shouldn't allow people to do it but um, you know that has also been studied um and there was recently you know there is this headline i'm looking at right now this um, american journal of psychiatry retracts study okay no evidence hormones or surgery help gender incongruent patients um what the fuck how did they retract it why did they retract it no 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 so uh, so what actually happened was that there was a paper published showing that uh, there were actually benefits uh for these treatments oh. and then a statistical okay. analysis uh like like you know some other researchers analyzed the data presented in the paper and pointed out that actually the data didn't support the conclusion and then the original oh, authors uh had to agree to that um so yeah i mean you know in this case it doesn't seem like a political retraction it seems more like uh yeah it seems like the way science is supposed to work okay we, we okay. Can... okay fair enough thank god yeah <laughs> i support that yeah. either way like whatever direction the results leans as long as the scientific method is pushed i'm happy yep yep yeah uh so which actually raises the question i don't think it's a question we need to consider in the short term but uh, it does raise the question as to you know i mean if you find that a certain uh, procedure doesn't really have a benefit right um do you then authorize uh, physicians to do it uh, to to actually carry it out uh homeopathy exists yeah and no. plastic surgery exists <laughs> so yeah yeah but i guess you really can't stop people from you know following yeah like I mean, adults you shouldn't yeah. stop i i don't think children. yeah yeah no i mean it's so it's different from saying that you can you know do it and it's not illegal but you know should say professional standards for doctors allow them to do those things for instance like there are people who also have like uh, body dysmorphia right so so i think i think uh, what happens there is it will be outside of the it will be um it will be medical in the way a hair transplant is medical uh, yes. <laughs> i mean you're still a doctor hair but transplant can have amazing benefits so just saying sure so you can i mean you get the you get the idea yeah mm-hmm. yeah i get the idea the my only thing is wait i had a point i forgot what it was um yeah never mind i forgot it i want to if you guys are okay with it i want to like bring the conversation back to something more tangible and something that impacts our lives sure yeah. sure 
what do you guys feel about the whole state your pronouns pronouns in the bio and blah 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 from my tone yeah. from my tone i think i've made my stance quite evident you can read your opinion yeah yeah orange man you go uh, so my view is that uh, i will avoid stating my pronouns for as long as i can get away with it <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how long that's going to be um if- sorry we already called you orange man we already assumed your pronouns there sorry about uh, that no no worries um yeah no, i'm proud to own that label but yeah so you know yeah that's just that's just my view on it like i would avoid i'm certainly never going to uh, you know of my own volition uh, sign my emails with my pronouns or whatever it is that people do uh, if it becomes like you know university or company policy to do that uh, let's just say that that might not be the hill i choose to die on sure yeah i mean if if my job depends on it i'll be telling everyone which pronouns i go by <laughs> and fii it's his and highness but that is called coercion right that's that is which is which is which is my whole which is what i was trying to ask like on their own, of of their own or on their own volition do people really want to state their pronouns i find it a mm. i find it an entirely unnecessary exercise look anyone who does not conform to their statistically likely pronoun is free to let the world know yes please everybody else just go by Every, the policy exactly i mean we can't this is this is this is this is not us. even stereotyping this is just probability and math that yeah. 99. Okay, I don't know what the number would be post six hundred percent growth, but ninety nine percent of the people go by their own pronouns. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and uh, I think uh, you know, like I, I, by the way, I'm totally with you. I think any you know pragmatic uh, approach to this has to be any. Yeah. Here's the thing: any social movement. Okay, so let's take trans rights or uh, gay rights, for example. I think Orange Man. put it very eloquently in uh, at the start where he said that one of the biggest victories for gay rights was they demonstrated that it does not affect anyone else what people do in private does not affect anyone else and they sh- no one should care and no one has the right to impose their morality on gay people which is a extremely sensible argument to make here on mm-hmm. the other hand we have people's world view imposed upon us which is which annoys me like i am absolutely an lgb ally and i am definitely an ally for people suffering from i don't i know i don't even want to call it suffering people who have gender dysphoria but there are people that there are people that like making a mountain out of a molehill there's plenty of them for sure yeah i think uh, you know this this really shouldn't have to be said but um, for any social movement the less of a nuisance you make a precisely precisely <laughs> the fewer <laughs> the fewer other people have to change the easier it is yeah yeah precisely which is why 
Yeah, let's be, let's be totally honest, which is why there are still racial tensions in the US. It's not easy to change racist attitudes. Hmm. That's a different topic. That's a different topic. Yeah, we don't uh, have to wade into those waters today, but I'm just saying that mm-hmm. things um, get so accepted. Like, when it comes to pronouns, the way I see it is again i'm with orange man is that it's not a hill i would die on but i wouldn't declare it in my email signature or anything unless i mean you did change your you did me. change your pronouns for i mean we changed our pronouns for this podcast so there's that oh that was accidental that's because i forgot who was hansel and who was gretel i was i will not be bowing down to any gender norms it is just an accident uh-huh. and it is just my brain malfunctioning that's about it so i will not be yeah so it was not uh because of the woke people um uh, but yeah like i'm with orange man <laughs> i wouldn't like um yeah it's not it's not a hill i would die on but at the same time it's not something i'm a fan of i don't embrace it or worship it like people in my workplace do um but if it's forced upon me from authority then i probably will do it to save my employment for now it's not so i'm happy um okay let me and, let and, and me okay. spin the wait wait i have a i no wait i have a point to add is that unfortunately we can't debate this topic because it's a few years too late it's already mainstream all the workplaces everybody signals their wokeness using this particular metric and it's too late to debate yeah, this and I reverse think, it I think, this is my view. yeah okay let's let's actually unravel that all of us are talking from the perspective of being employees and students and what not and i clearly at the wrong end of the power spectrum but hopefully in some years that will change and we will have more <laughs> authority over such decisions in case you are in in case you have in case someone let's say you magically work at a workplace that does not yet conform to these pronoun type of things and your workplace hr suggests that it would be a good idea for everyone to have pronouns in their email signature <clears throat> or what not do you say yes or no if it was your depends on how bitchy a hr it is no if it was your decision nothing you have no personal consequences whatsoever but yeah, you can said, you know i would rather not do it unless i'm really pushed to it okay Got it. I, Got it. yeah like i would just impose this would you impose this on other people like if you have no personal consequences but if you are asked whether no fucking way Got no it. way okay no way and we won't even impose random things on other people like even things like working hard gets you ahead in life like that is so controversial i got into so much twitter fights for just stating something like that because apparently imposing that sentence into the twitter space is blasphemy so yeah i mean in that kind of environment you can't impose anything on anybody else mm-hmm. got it is my view got it Yeah, but before we end i also want to discuss another topic if we have a few minutes oh, we have uh, we have a lot of time <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I mean, I do. I hope Orange Man does as well. Oh, yes, you know, certainly. Yes, it's a Friday night, you know. Who's <laughs> kidding? Yeah. Yeah, and it's like a middle of a pandemic, so we don't have anything better to do. Yeah. So, and this is like a very eventful way of spending my Friday night. So, no worries. Um, yeah, you guys can sum up your thoughts on this before I change topics a little bit. No, I think. Uh, Go on, go on, go on, Vishal. Yeah. No, I was just going to say I've pretty much said what 
needs to in summary policy or rule should be based on something that is concrete therefore biological sex and not gender uh okay so i this is something i wanted to get to um i think i saw this on hansel's twitter feed at some point you know maybe she like i kind of blocked you dude <laughs> no 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 some some time ago no no this is a while ago <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no don't worry i'm still blocked um so uh, i think you maybe like retweeted it from somebody okay but i think it's a great great analogy for how to uh, look at uh, transgenderism you know it's a limited analogy but it works i think so when uh, when a couple adopts a child okay uh, we are typically happy to refer to them as parents even though we know that they're not biological parents yes yes this is such a beautiful analogy yeah. go on and, yeah yeah and uh, and you know but at the same time we are not losing sight of some very relevant facts when we do this right so like we should not lose sight of the fact that you know if a doctor asks about the child's family history you know you don't go on about your history of diabetes or whatever right like um you know so so that we know that there is there's a clear you know there's some some there's definitely a lot of information to be had with regard to the fact that uh the child's biological parents are different from the adoptive parents and yet we kind of lo- use that term loosely you know we know that they feel uh, attached to the child perhaps the way a biological parent does and so we don't want to keep you know demeaning their relationship by using a different term um and you know so but that's just the the social aspect of it right so how uh, what are the the right social graces and so on but at the same time we're not losing sight of the scientific facts here um and i think that should be the way we approach transgenderism at least for you know genuinely transgender people you know people who struggle with gender dysphoria like we give them the support that they need with regard to uh, adapting to their problems uh, but uh, we don't lose sight of the fact that uh, they are not you know when you know they they're not uh, precisely the same as uh, biological that's that's yeah and that's the hill i would die on is the the hill i would die on is when they say biological sex is not real that's the hill i would die on like fighting for that and i would probably be killed by these activists but i would be happy to die in that way so yeah so i what i liked about that analogy is we call like we call people by different pronouns we call the adoptive parents parents to protect the kids it's not to protect the parents and we, it's both more so the kids say, i mean the parents do the parents know that they're not biological parents they know it it's just but they're still parents sure sure so true. they have raised kind of courtesy right like yeah you know yeah. yeah true yeah the yeah. okay final thoughts on this subject from hansel <laughs> from hansel wait that's me right yeah shit I got my own identity i i guess i transitioned it's fine it's fluid uh yeah exactly so yeah i mean yeah the hill i would die on is when biological realities are being questioned mm-hmm. and so that kind of uh, oh i had a last thought on this was a very funny controversy 
that happened with a famous trans youtuber called contra points she makes amazing videos you guys should check her content out she's super left wing and she's super woke uh, but she's also super smart and so what she said was like she said i'm i'm new i'm i'm trans i'm new to the trans community whenever i go to a social setting where there are like you know these trans clubs where trans people hang out and give each other company the conversation always starts out with people declaring their pronouns that to me makes me feel uncomfortable because it reminds me that i was actually not born this way because that's why i'm sitting in this room with these other trans people so i would rather prevent prevent people from you know like i would rather wish that we just talk to each other and and people just treated me as a woman that would be great and then what happened was so she's a trans woman so all the non binary people came for her and said that how dare you say this because we are non binary we are neither male or female we need to declare our pronouns for the world to know we are non binary you are transphobic you are blah blah you are non binary phobic blah 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 so that kind of makes me feel that it's not only like cis people like us who see the whole pronoun issue as you know the way so okay. is being even trans people there are they, trans okay. people so who are to, left so the way to divide the world up is biological cis biological trans and mental non binary <laughs> and by mental i don't mean mental in the way indians mean mental case oh, yeah. Men, mental like uh identity okay yeah. identity overriding factor not biology yeah you know even apart from all these new fangled gender identities uh, i used to be quite suspicious when i would go on okay cupid and i thought you were i thought you were going to say you had some <laughs> alternate identities that you were going to reveal oh yeah <laughs> and i would come out on this podcast yeah yeah that is not all that uh, but uh, but no i was going to say you know i used to feel quite suspicious when i went on okay cupid and saw that there were a lot of people who were identifying as like pansexual uh, you know all, all all manner of things okay and um you know it's just that i have a hard time believing that person a who identifies as pansexual uh means you know the same thing in a meaningful sense as person b who identifies as pansexual i just don't see that and that's also why i don't see you know this non binary stuff or like all the new uh, the new genders the made up genders being uh, you know being anything, really amounting to anything in reality uh so also but, on okay cupid or any other dating app everybody identifies as desperate and that's it oh yeah. <laughs> that's hey i i know you met your husband on all the dating apps yes okay um sorry you going to yeah oh segue us to a different subject i got an amber amber alert yeah i wanted to segue on to a different but related subject is just uh, to hear your thoughts on the controversial subject of gender versus sex this kind of brings us back to the whole turf ideology versus so the way i see it is i'm somewhere between a turf and a woke person because the turfs believe so the turfs believe that gender is a total social construct which it is and they believe that a lot of things are just societal societally imposed and whereas trans people believe that there's something innate about the way they feel about being female for example males 
feeling like they are female they want to wear dresses and they want to have boobs and they want to have a huge ass because they feel that is important of being a female uh, whereas turfs feel that you know a lot of these wanting to be feminine etc is all society imposing the patriarchy on you so on this like this is a very heated battle and i'm somewhere in between because i feel like both sides have gotten some things wrong so what are your opinions about gender versus sex are they equal are they different how how so so gretel wanna go first i mean i i think i already talked about this earlier where i said that i always assumed them to be the same thing Yeah, I mean, I like, think it's so, interesting. So to, be specific, so to be specific, let's take an example. Um, pink being a girly thing versus blue being a boy, a male thing. Do just being a social construct uh, but not in can i blow your mind with a bit of trivia before you continue is that there have been experiments where monkeys female monkeys go towards the pink toys versus male monkeys going towards the toy trucks and female infants who are super young and who probably wouldn't have faced societal pressures like they're infants they go towards the feminine toys and male infants go towards the masculine toys so i wouldn't be so sure that it's social i know it's very controversial but i don't know no i mean I, i i take your point and i can certainly see that with something more like you know the the toys right like the, the, that probably looks that that you know that uh, probably relates to our evolutionary history of like you know working with tools and then you know you get into like the gender roles that existed like way way back like hundreds of thousands of years back and so on so i wouldn't be surprised about the toys i would be a little bit surprised regarding colors because you know when it mm. as blatant as like just okay do boys like pink or blue you know um mm. i i am not sure that that is like i mean i can see that like you know if there's a color that's like really harsh or something yes then maybe girls you know would not be so much into that but you know anyway that's that's not really um you know that's not like there's not a, a whole lot uh, at stake there uh, what i was going to say was um yeah so uh, you know that's an interesting point you touched on right so the the turfs are, are like at least one uh, one faction of the turfs think that even to associate wearing dresses with femininity uh, means you're actually uh, collaborating with the patriarchy or something like that right exactly yeah and i think that's crazy i mean uh that's well i sh- i should be a little more charitable i guess but uh look i mean the, the fact is that you know they, they, then it's it's they who are being uh, more denialist with regard to the reality of sex you know if you if you think that uh, you know we we are asexual beings who just had this uh, notion of sex imposed on us and it was some kind of you know evil trick pulled by the, the patriarchy and first of all how are you even supposed to have a patriarchy if sex doesn't exist right but um, yeah i mean no i think <laughs> you know a person's sexual identity is typically something that informs a lot of their behavior uh, 
you know whether it's a gender identity or just like you know for the, for the majority of cases just the sex that they were born with um so it should not be surprising that people want to behave according to what they perceive is associated with a particular sex okay i mean that should not be surprising at all and it's that's why even a lot of the uh, gender debates are centered around the two primary sexual identities like male and female right i mean yes there are you know there's this non binary stuff but you know it i'm sure it doesn't exercise people in in the same way as it does like the pain that you know a transgender person feels at uh, you know when they they think that okay they 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 were born in the wrong body i don't think it compares to anything like you know someone just wanting to identify as non binary or something like that i mean i think there's just from an evolutionary perspective i would expect to uh, expect it to be like totally different like you know sex is front and center when it comes to um, our uh, yeah our, our bodies you know our biology yeah the reason the reason i bring this up is because this is where like i completely disagree with the turfs is because they see things like um so so the way that they see the world where let's say women choose preferably choose certain professions versus males choose other professions they see that as patriarchy they see like women choosing to work fewer hours to take care of their babies it's partly patriarchy i guess but it's partly also like a biological burden that women are born with and so that's where like i disagree with the turf ideology where they see everything that's so they accept that sex exists and sexual differences are real but they don't accept that sex affects behavior or that sex hormones can affect how a human is shaped and so that's where i feel that they really go away from the science so i i felt like that was worth bringing up because that's like related to the whole trans argument but it's also interested interesting from the science point of view as well yeah yeah that's that's very interesting and uh, if if i may add something you know uh, with regard to uh, british you know like um, you know i think this issue has been really brought to the forefront of the news by jk rowling in particular mm. um you know uh, i think it's interesting yeah, let's end let's end today's episode by discussing about jk rowling we owe it to oh yeah yeah exactly yes. um so it's uh, it's interesting what has happened in british politics uh where i think this issue has become more of a debate within the left than you know a more of a like a partisan issue like you would see in america for instance you know, i don't see a whole lot of american feminists you know coming out strongly against uh you know the idea of men identifying as women but it has happened in britain and i think there is one piece of relevant history to discuss here okay so um the uh, british labor party right uh, which i think you know jk rowling has supported for the majority of her life um she is so, so the british labor party they have they have some seats where they only choose uh their candidates from shortlists of women okay um mm-hmm. so they yeah i mean it, you know, they have a party structure you know each each like local labor party nominates some candidates and so on but uh there are some seats that they've reserved exclusively for women uh and in recent times a lot of transgender women have been competing in those seats okay um and i think that has really uh caused a split 
within the British left. Um, in the sense that, you know, well, well, when your political career is at stake, you know, you're not just going to go along with some dogma, uh, right? Like, um, so yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of the, the earliest times that J.K. Rowling got in trouble with something like this was when, you know, she liked some tweet by one of these. Uh, like, one Oxford professor or something. Yeah. If, something I, if like I remember. That. Yeah. So, you know, who was, he wasn't happy about, uh, having to compete all of a sudden against all of these transgender women for the seats that were supposed to be set aside for them. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, see, whenever you have an ideology where it says, yeah, anyone can identify as any gender, you know, we are so progressive, we don't ask questions, um, you are set for a collision with reality like this. And, um, yeah, I think that's, that's at least part of the reason that J.K. Rowling has wanted to speak out. So are you saying that you support a transphobe and an Islamophobe? Is that the summary? Who's, who's uh, that? J.K. Rowling. Oh, I didn't know she Did was that. The latest gray, gray pine, yeah. Yeah, she wrote a book as with her pen name as a male person. Um, do you know more about this orange man, who the male person was? Uh, yeah, she wrote under the, the, the pseudonym Robert Galbraith. She has been writing under that name for a while. Uh, because I think, you know, when people see J.K. Rowling, they associate it with Harry Potter and so on. Anyway, um, mm. so, yeah, uh, she wrote, I think recently she uh, published this book called Troubled Blood. And there is apparently a very minor mention of a serial killer using uh, women's clothing as a disguise. Right. Um, you know, it's, I mean, I don't know. I haven't read the book. I'm certainly not going to read it. Uh, I don't have. It's such a 2020 relevant serial killer plot, man. It's very realistic. Like <laughs> these are the hot topics of this year. So of course, the serial killer is going to use that, hijack that to find his victims. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, knowing her, I don't know if she was completely oblivious to it. I mean, I, I credit oh, her. No. Yeah, I, I credit her with more intelligence than that. But still, like you know, I mean, I I'm gonna be categorical here. She was completely within her rights to do it. You know, people have no basis to complain. That it, it, it's I mean, at least if if she had said that the serial killer was transgender or something, you know, I can see that there being a, a reason why people are upset. But no, you know, I I just I'm uh, with I just stand with her on this. And also, like, it's a story. It's like a fictional story. How does it matter? Yeah. This is the problem. Like, nowadays, people get offended at everything. Like, they have problems with fiction. Fiction is like, you're supposed to have the freedom to do whatever you want. Or come up with the craziest characters ever. So, even if that was a trans person who was a serial killer, I would be like, yeah, that's weird, but cool. That's something I've never read before. It doesn't mean that all trans people are serial killers. Of course not. So I don't know why people get so worked up about it. Oh, that's the world we live in. I've actually been yes. mildly amused, you know. So I watched this movie last year. Uh, it's called uh, Knives Out. Oh, that's an amazing movie. Yeah. And, oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it, it was, it's a good movie. Um, and I was just amused at how, like, you know, there was a very diverse cast of characters in it. Um, but of course, the the whitest, straightest male character had to be the main villain. I think uh, at least Gretel knows what I'm talking about here. Yes. And, uh, yeah, you, you know, might have, was... you might have, that, no, but that movie for was an allegory for uh, immigration. Oh, yes, 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 certainly. It was 
pretty uh, unsubtle it is an amazing movie though ஒரு <laughs> for the oscar oh yeah the oscar oh, so oh god that is so the oscars so yeah uh, oh my god why do we live in this world can i can i now i feel like i want to get transported to india where Trans- things are pretty transported kind of <laughs> <laughs> no i didn't intend that but i just meant like i would go back to a life maybe 10 years ago where things were pretty stuffy and old fashioned and these were in the problems i was obsessed with but the grass is always greener on the other side anyway we're running at 1 hour and 36 minutes so i think it's time to wrap up this episode although it's been super interesting yeah uh, it's been a lot of fun yeah thanks a lot for doing yeah no worries gretel do you have any last thoughts no i'm good awesome awesome thank you so much both of you guys with your xy chromosomes for sharing your insights none of that is valid because it is the world of xx and xz which refers to all non male people because that's the world we live in and so you have to deal with it uh, just kidding but anyway it was a pleasure talking to you guys on this very uh, controversial subject but i'm glad we were able to talk our thoughts out and orange man do you have any final words not before you no no, no no it was it was um, no it was it was a pleasure doing this you know i'm, I'm very glad there's this space where we can express our views it would get us cancelled i don't know uh, everywhere else? else yeah everywhere else exactly i mean there's a reason we are not doing hyping up the pr on this podcast way too much so anyway but it's okay it's a lot of fun and it was super illuminating to hear your perspectives made, made me think a lot about these topics as well so thank you so much and i hope the listeners also enjoyed listening to our one hour 30 plus minutes discussion on this topic and so with that i would like to wish everyone a great weekend ahead so stay safe uh, don't get involved in any crazy riots uh, stay safe and fight for freedom all right peace bye bye bye